Before we get started this week, I want to tell you guys about the Fort Worth Food and Wine Festival. This spring, Cowtown becomes Chowtown, and it's all thanks to the Fort Worth Food and Wine Festival, a can't-miss celebration of our community's diverse flavors. With six events between April 4th and 7th, the festival features a growing roster of talented chefs and food artisans, as well as craft brewers and distinctive vintners, bringing a range of tastes, styles, and methods that reflect the diversity of the city itself. But it's more than a good time. It's a good cause, with proceeds supporting local grant programs and culinary scholarships. Event tickets get you all you can eat and drink from the best chefs in Fort Worth and beyond. And this year brings two brand new ways to experience the festival. The Culinary Corral, a four-hour celebration of the best of the fest, and the Ring of Fire Next Level Cookout, a live fire and live music event. Buy tickets today and learn more about the festival at fwfwf.com. That's fwfwf.com. smoked old-fashioned or you want a, a really nice Sazerac with a specific cognac and things like that, we'll have those things for you. Most of these operators can, can crank out food literally from a minute to, you know, to five minutes. On the other end of the spectrum, we'll start working with operators that uh, take advantage of that West 7th traffic area on a Friday and Saturday night and do, and do late night business. So even working with health departments and, and city code and things like that is it's, it was a little bit different, a little bit unique. You are listening to Fort Worth Food Stories, brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. All right, welcome to Fort Worth Food Stories. I'm your host, James Crange. Today I am joined by Adrian Verdeen, the Senior Vice President at Hospitality Alliance, which is the company behind Crockett Row Food Hall Concept in Fort Worth. Adrian, thank you for coming on today. Thank you for inviting me. I want to talk about the food hall concept and, yeah. and kind of go through that and then uh, maybe, you know, a little bit about uh, the different restaurants that are there. Sure. Um, but the food hall concept's not necessarily a, a groundbreaking idea. No, um, no, not at all. I mean, it's if you look back at like even Roman times, communal seating, you know, at the market, you have, you know, people selling fresh produce, you have people you know, making all kinds of different like specialty cuisines and you're all eating in one centralized area. So, I mean, this is something that's been around for thousands of years and in Europe and Latin America, Asia, it's, it's kind of a common way of eating. Um, and, you know, here in the U.S., we've kind of got used to the, the mall food court and that was, you know, all these concepts kind of in one space was what we identified that with. But, um, I think that, you know, it's, I think now uh, we're ready to experience things like that where you go into one space and you have multiple options. But this is new for Fort Worth, right? So it's new for Fort Worth, yeah. how did you come about thinking Fort Worth is the right city and, and how did you make that happen? Um, it was really more of, uh, we were, we got, we, uh, the Carlisle who owns the property over at West 7th reached out to us. Um, they wanted to kind of do something new and exciting in the West 7th area that was unique. And we actually do several different type of projects, restaurants, clubs. Um, and when we came out and we saw the space, we knew that a food hall would work in that space. Um, 
and um, and that's kind of how we we developed the concept based on what the area was and uh, the demographics and um, and that's really kind of what made us decide okay a food hall in this area would really work and since there isn't one uh, and at that time when we first took a look at it there wasn't one in any in the, in the whole DFW area. So let's talk about that space. What what's the design of the food hall like? How big is it? Um, how many how many restaurants do you have in there? So it's it's a unique space. Um, it's actually two separate buildings uh, with a paseo in between, and the paseo really is just kind of a walkway from the garage from garage parking um, into the into the development. But uh, what we did was we created we turned the paseo into the patio. And um, we now have garage doors that open up on both ends of the building. So the space feels like one big space. Um, right now, the second section, we have it closed right now because we're going to start construction here in the next week or two on the next uh, concept that we have coming in there. Um, but overall, it's about 17,000 square feet, the, the, the food hall is. And uh, overall, we'll have 14 operators once we're, we're finalized. Right now, we have 13 that are up and running. Cool. Um, and I love that the patio concept. Um, you know, I've been to the food hall probably three or four times now. Uh, obviously, it's the winter, so I haven't been able to, to sit out there yet. Yeah. Uh, but I'm excited for the spring, the summer. I, I think that's going to be really awesome out there. Um, you open in December. Uh, of 2018, so you've been open a little over a month now. Uh, how have you found business to be going, and and what's what's the feedback you've been getting from the people that come? It's great. Uh, I think that um, you know it being December in the, between the holidays, and you got Christmas and you got uh, New Year's. It's and you know the weather's changing, so it's kind of a, typically a tough time to open in the restaurant industry. And we open up the doors, and you know it's. We, we got bombarded. We didn't think we'd be as busy as we are. And uh, we're welcome to, you know, to more business. Um, but that's, uh, we've we've actually had to order 40 more seats and more tables to, to know that we have to keep up with, with the growth. Um, so, yeah, we're, we've got great feedback. Uh, just if you look on Yelp and Facebook and uh, Google, um, we're getting a lot of really positive feedback. We're in that like four to five star range. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think a lot of the feedback from just the community is it's unique. It's different. We're, we're glad that we can come here and, and bring our families and, uh, my kid can, can eat a pizza while I'm eating barbecue while my wife is eating a pokey. So yeah, it's uh, it's it, we're definitely getting really positive feedback from the community, and and not only with the food, but the bar that uh, you had mentioned earlier um, is is awesome, and and you guys are serving uh, draft cocktails. Yeah, um, so, so we, explain that to me. Uh, so we 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 do uh, we do craft cocktails there, and four four of our cocktails are on draft. We have um, and we'll change those out, and we also have uh, frozen cocktails as well, where we have you know, a frozen Moscow mule. So you have the option, you can come up to the bar and we can do an old fashioned on tap. You can do a frozen Moscow mule. You can do a frosé. Uh, we have six wines on tap. We have six beers on tap. So 
it's definitely going to be a uh, it's designed for volume and quality uh, products. So all of our wines are, you know, hand selected and and uh, these are it's going to be a really really great bar program and uh, we're we're bringing in bartenders that understand uh, the craft aspect of it. So we do have tapped uh, tapped cocktails to expedite uh, speed and have consistency cocktails. But at the same time, if you want to go in there, and we're working on some of these programs where if you want to go in there, you want a smoked old fashioned or you want a, a really nice Sazerac with a specific cognac and things like that, we'll have those things for you. But it, uh, the biggest thing is we'll, we'll, we'll specialize and we'll have um, a lot of Texas and regional whiskeys. Um, and the, the bar will be fully uh, stocked up here in the next few weeks. But it'll be about 150 bottles deep and mostly agave and whiskeys. It's right up my alley. It sounds great. great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the only problems that I've ever had with a food hall in general um, is you mentioned before, you know, you go with a family and, and one wants pizza, one wants barbecue. Um, and sometimes I found that, you know, I, I might get my food and then I'm waiting 15 minutes for someone else to get their food. I haven't experienced that at Crocker Row. Um, what are you guys doing to make sure that uh, people are getting their food quickly, but still at a high quality? Yeah, and that's really, uh, and it really kind of even falls back to the design of it. So when you walk into the space, uh, there's very clear lines of sight throughout the space. So you can walk and literally see it. You can see at the other corner of the space, even though it's very, very big. Um, and that's part of it where you can kind of be able to know exactly what you want from one space, uh, from one part of, of the food hall. And you don't have to give it, you know, walk the, the entire venue to just understand what you want. And by that time, two or three of your friends have already made the decision of what they wanted and already ordered. So um, you can kind of stand at one place. Everybody can make their decision. Everybody goes orders. And then that's where the next tier of like how we work with the operators we make sure that all the operators are doing food that's under five minutes. Um, we understand that sometimes if there's a huge line and people are getting bombarded, it's gonna take longer than that, but most of these operators can, can crank out food literally from a minute to you know to five minutes. Um, and it's, it's just more of a operational, we chose concepts that would work within that space. So for example, we have uh, Victor Villarreal who is doing um, Ape From is a Fort Worth where he does pizza. So we made sure that the oven that was purchased for that space can can bake a pizza in, in literally less than two minutes. So it's it's things like that where we were very involved in, in all aspects from equipment to menu to uh, how things are done operationally. I, I think it really shows for sure. Uh, when, when you visit the food hall, you can see that the concept is there and, and like you said, the expediency of the food. Um, so how long did it take and, and how many people were part of that process of coming together with the full concept and, and actually getting this thing off the ground? I think it would sound like kind of like an Oscar show when somebody like acting <laughs> wins like an award and they, like, they name off everybody. It, there's so many people that were involved. There's, it's, it's too many really to, to say and to count, but uh, from just from kitchen design to architectural to interior design to construction to I mean, there's just so many moving parts. It's like it's like building a little city, and each each restaurant is literally their own entity. It's their own operation. They have their own staff. It's their own employees. We don't we don't mess with that part of it. Uh, we don't get involved with that part of it. We get involved with the initial concept, uh, equipment, construction phase of it, but 
once they're up and running, you know, they have to follow certain formulas that we that we ask for and certain standards. Uh, but you know, it's their employees, it's their staff, and, and, and stuff like that. But overall, yeah, there, it takes a lot of people to get this thing up and running. It wasn't <laughs> it wasn't just a couple of people, and then you know, we opened the doors. So, but yeah, there's a you know, even to the city. I mean, it, it, it's it's a big project and. Uh, working with City was, you know, it was unique for them as well as they had never done this. So even working with health departments and, and city code and things like that is, is, it was a little bit different, a little bit unique. And even TABC, for example, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, um, you know, they've never seen it before. So we just kind of all have to like sit down and take that extra time to explain this is what the objective and this is what we're all trying to do. And this is, you know, this is what it is. You've got a great variety of food at the food hall. Um, did you go into it saying, I want this many dessert places and I want coffee and I want this many uh, entree or, uh, you know, dinner options or did it just kind of happen? No, I mean, we, we, you start off with categories, right? Everybody mm-hmm. wants a burger. Everybody wants a, you know, yep. wants pizza. So you got you to gotta be able to like hit your staples. So we went after, you know, chefs and operators that were... At, in, in that time frame that we're ready and willing to do a, a new concept or do a new store. Um, and uh, we got lucky and were able to put up a really nice collaborative team together of some of the best chefs, some of the best operators in the DFW area. Uh, so yeah, you really kind of start off with categories and build off those categories. And then from there, once you have your staples, then you kind of build from that and like you, you realize that you need more of a you know, a healthier option, or you need something that has a little bit more of on the sweet side. Um, and, and you kind of fill it in that way. And I, I think it's really cool that, uh, even just the chefs, obviously the food's a lot different, uh, but the chefs, you brought up Victor before and, and Abe Froman's pizza. Uh, but then you have, uh, Sophia and Austin who are young entrepreneurs from, uh, TCU, um, who now uh, have gone from food truck with their acai bowls to um, the food hall concept. Um, how, how did you go about reaching out to these different people and, and how did you uh, pitch them on, on so, coming in? So part and going back to that, I mean, that was part of, you know, you want to cover categories, but you also want to cover, you don't want to just go to like, you know, the, the big, the big national brand names, mm-hmm. right? Cause then that ends up feeling more like a, like a food court. So you want to make this special. And, uh, but you also want really strong operators. So you have to kind of build a bridge of like bringing new, new people that, you know, this is their new, their very first time they've ever put up a restaurant or an operation and then a more heavily seasoned operator that's done, done these before. So as an example, we brought on John T star from, um, who's a well-known national recognized chef that, you know, worked with Anthony Bourdain for years and, um, owns a very famous steakhouse and, um, you know, he put up his burger spot. So that's a, you know, we, we chose a chef like that. And then we went to the other extreme where it's like, like, like a Victor Villarreal who'd never owned and operated his own space before, but is a very well-known respected chef. And he needed that, like that opportunity to really showcase what Mm -hmm. he can do. Um, so yeah, the spectrum was there. And then we also went after food trucks, you know, we, we, we went after like two or three food trucks of people that really were doing extremely well in that food truck world and were ready to make that transition. So we we approached David Hawthorne, who was a TCU alum. He played here at TCU and then went off to play for the Seahawks and the mm-hmm. Saints. Um, 
he had uh, he has multiple uh, barbecue food trucks, and they're delicious. His barbecue is so good. I was like, man, it's time to like transition that <laughs> to like a brick and mortar. And um, so we gave him the opportunity, and uh, they're they're doing extremely well there. And uh, and this is you know now people instead of like trying to chase down their truck and figure out where they're at, they they now can go to Crockett Food Hall and and have it there every single day. And one of my favorite food items uh, that you guys serve is, is actually from a food truck, which is the dock. Yeah. Um, so I'm from the East Coast, and I've been looking for East Coast-style seafood uh, since I moved out here about five or six years ago. Um, and so having that here, like you said, um, you know, I don't have to chase it around. I, I know that if I ever want a lobster roll or whatever, I, I can go right there. I, th- I think that's great. Um, but have they, have any of these food truck owners had any trouble transitioning to the brick and mortar? Yeah. I mean, I think it, I wouldn't say, tr- uh, trouble, but it's different because, um, when, for example, in, in the food truck world, you know, if it's raining and it's slow, well, you start your truck back up and you go home. Yeah. Um, in this setting, you, you have to, you know, kind of ride out the waves um, and, and brick and mortar, it can be slow certain days and other days you're extremely busy. So there's, there's those kinds of extremes that if, uh, a food truck operator never experienced that before, this is new to them. Um, but then you have all the benefits that come with that, right? Like when it's raining outside, well, you're still going to have people coming in when it's, you know, uh, your, your, your transmission goes out. Well, <laughs> that's not a problem. You, you have, you have, uh, you have the, the food hall, but, uh, I think one of the, the, the tough issues with food trucks is you have all the kitchen, uh, appliances and equipment that could go wrong at any, any point. And then you're also dealing with an actual truck maintenance of a vehicle that has issues as well. So there's, and then you're working with a generator. So you have three different phases of what could go wrong for a food truck. So if you're a very strong food truck operator and you get it, I think the transition into a food hall makes sense that you, you'll be successful in a food hall. What's your kitchen space like at the food hall? So really there's, we only have five vented spaces. So there's only five operators that actually actually have their own vent hood. Um, all the other operators are doing um, non-vented type cooking items. Um, and then we have a big back of the house that's about uh, 2,500 square feet that has a large walk-in, a uh, communal dishwashing station, and a dry storage area, and then a communal uh, prep store uh, prep area. So that's really kind of, um, everybody has kind of their own little gated area that they have their, their stuff to put in. Um, and then we have our porters that help, you know, kind of clean up trays and off the tables and bring them back there and, and use the dishwashing station. But everybody has access and it's really, it's really cool and exciting seeing these operators work together. I've seen the che- like Val's Cheesecake do, you know, things with the bar, do things with brisket, do things with giving their cheesecake and giving it to the waffle guys. And now the waffle guys are doing something with That's it. Cool. And so there's, there's a lot of collaboration going on right now. And, and I love seeing that where they get to kind of uh, play with each other's ingredients and, and, and even create more exciting menu items for everybody. And both of those places you just mentioned, the cheesecake, the waffles out of this world. So yeah, good. they're, they're amazing. And, and, um, the, the press waffle guys, uh, they don't have a food truck now, but they, that's how they started was several years ago. That's how I met them. Uh, three, four years ago, 
they were running a, a little food truck and and I fell in love with their waffles and they had such great presentation and and I knew that you know these guys were gonna were, were gonna do something so uh, when I reached out to them they had already put up their first brick and mortar and they were excited to put up their second one and now they're I think they're on their fifth right now they're That's already awesome. yeah, they're growing fairly quickly. Um, what was it that made you want to be open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner as opposed to just focusing on one of the meals? Really? I mean, even we'd like to do even late night. Uh, when you're dealing with, with 14 different operators, each one, and it doesn't work for all of them, but some of these operators can lean more towards breakfast and some can lean more towards late night. Um, and some are more lunch and some are more dinner. So to be able to have a really good spectrum of, of, of options, uh, you want to have that. So um, right now, the food hall itself, we're not opening the doors really early. Right now for breakfast, we're just opening at 11. Two of our operators, the concept works so well for breakfast that we're, we go ahead and let them open at 8 in the morning. Um, and they're doing coffee and some like breakfast sandwiches and then the acai and smoothie bowls and juices. That just makes sense to, you know, in the morning. But as we get a little bit more comfortable in our, in our space, then we'll, we'll slowly start working with other operators to start offering breakfast items. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we'll start working with operators that uh, take advantage of that West 7th traffic area on a Friday and Saturday night and do, and do late night business and, and, and have the bar open until 2 in the morning on Fridays and Saturdays. And and do you know at one o'clock in the morning? Who doesn't want pizza? Yeah, I, th- you know? I think you'd make a killing. Uh, if- <laughs> and we actually we have right now we have two windows and we're adding a third window on the outside on the perimeter. Okay, so cool. you could literally walk up and order off these windows at like one in the morning once we're up and running in those sections. So our elote Mex- Mexican street food will have a window. Our pressed waffles will have a window, and our butler's cabinet will have a window with coffee and late night menu items as well. I wish you guys had opened like four years ago. <laughs> so could have taken advantage while I was in college. Uh, now that, that, that sounds awesome. Well, uh, ideally, I mean, that's, that's the next phase. Ideally we'd love to be, you know, participate more with TCU and, and even get on their meal plan eventually. I think that would be a really mm-hmm. uh, unique situation for, for everybody, for the students to get, you know, kind of a, have a second place where they can go to and, you know, go there and study and sit down. We'll, we'll have plenty of seating for all that. We have we have Wi-Fi. We have you know even areas where you can plug in your your laptop and things like that. So yeah, what what is your seating like? Um, the the restaurants kind of hit the outside and then the middle. So then- uh, we have tech, technically we have five anchors that have seating within their space. So every uh, anchor will have some seating from anywhere from twelve to like sixteen twenty four seats. And then we have um, a corridor of kind of what we call our sweets corridor. And that's where like our press wall for our ballast cheesecake and the butler's cabinet will have have their uh, their their stuff that they're the pastries that they do. Um, and there's some, some seating in through there. And then in front of the bar, in between the pokey, that's really the, the large kind of communal seating area that we have. Um, and then we have some patio and bistro tables throughout the window line. Um, but yeah, the, the majority of the seating is right, you know, pretty much right in front of the bar in between the pokey and right, almost right in the middle of the, of the space. Um, and like I said, we've already, you know, we've already capped out multiple days and, um, for lunch and for dinner. So, uh, we've, you know, we quickly said, okay, we're going to definitely need more seating to accommodate the crowds that we're getting in here. Um, so you've kind of, uh, hinted at it earlier, but you have 13 concepts now. 
You're adding a 14th concept. Uh, I know you can't say right now exactly yeah, what it is. Yeah, I, I, I wish uh, I wish I could say right now, but it's it's going to be a um, southern fried chicken concept um, that we're going to bring in there, and uh, the food's phenomenal. It's it's out of this world, and it'll add that really nice compliment because we're already doing burger, we're already doing pizza, we have barbecue, we have Mediterranean shawarma. We have lobster rolls at the dock. We have the acai smoothie juice to avo toast that they do at, at Rollin' and Bowlin'. We have Val's Cheesecakes. We have Butler's Cabinet that does breakfast and lunch sandwiches. And there's they're, they're bringing in more dinner-type menu items. We have pressed waffle. And then we have uh, Elo- EB2, which they do. Uh, they're, they're, their big thing is they do elote and different variations of, of elote, but they also have Mexican street food with tamales and tacos and things like that. And then uh, Aina uh, authentic Hawaiian pokey. So that gives you kind of a good idea of what we do. And then it just made sense to bring in a place that really understands Southern yep. fried chicken. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's, that was the, the, the next step. Okay, cool. Well, I, I'm definitely looking forward to yeah, that opening me, up. Me but, too. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Um, so do you guys do any kind of events besides, uh, the food? Do you have any uh, musicians coming in or do you have game watching parties? Or? So r- right now we, uh, we have Fridays and Saturdays. We have live music. Um, we will, um, Fridays and Saturdays we'll, we'll have live music starting at nine or nine on Fridays and 10 on Saturdays. And then we're actually going to have like a DJ, uh, perform after midnight on uh, Fridays and Saturdays. And that will, you know, kind of liven up the energy of the space a little bit, um, give it more of a, a bar atmosphere, late night food type type uh, type music, and it's not like Tiesto type music, but you know, more like uh, like ambient DJ music. Um, and um, so we have live music. We're gonna we're gonna start doing trivia night. We have um, uh, there's a couple other stuff that we have in the, in the works right now that we just haven't are ready to announce. But um, yeah, we're we're definitely going to be doing a lot of a lot of things like that. I I think trivia night. I, I love going to trivia nights. I think that's a great idea yeah. um, in this concept because one of the things I hate about trivia nights is you're usually eating crap food, like you know maybe getting French fries or whatever, and yeah. and now you can get this great food yeah. and play trivia and drink. It's yeah, yeah. it's awesome. It's it, it, that's a great thing about a situation like this. You have it's a little bit of everything for everybody and. You know, if you're on a really healthy diet, there's options for you. If you're not hungry and just want to have a nice glass of wine, and it's a really nice glass of wine, we have that option. So, um, yeah, I mean, you want nachos with brisket, you'll have that too. So it, the full spectrum is there, and that's the that's the nice part about it. So where can people find out more about the food hall um, as well as, you know, operation hours? And so follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, we have our website. Um, we will, right now, the website is it's very informative, but we're, in the next two to three weeks, we're going to launch with our updated website, which is going to be more, there's going to be lots of videos telling the story of each of these operators and chefs. And really, the each of these guys have a really great story. Like you said, the Rolling and Bowling people, like they were, they were at TCU. They were uh, doing a business class together, and that was their business model. Was like, let's create a you know acai smoothie juice place, and they submitted their their uh, their business plan as part of the class, and and then uh, they started giving out samples, and people really fell in love with it and started requesting it, and they kind of triggered and said, well, we should put a cart you know, yeah. and, and, and start going to business. 
they did that and that was successful. And then they, TCU invited them to go into TCU. And now they have a cafe inside the, the university. And uh, this is their second location now at a, and everybody has a really great, unique story like that. So uh, our, our website will, will have videos and, and, and those stories to tell. Well, let me tell you, I love it. Um, I'm definitely excited about the new uh, fried chicken concept coming in. It'll just add to my options. Um, but uh, Adrian, thank you again so much for coming on and, and telling me about uh, the food hall. And, and I definitely encourage people to go check it out. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, come on out. We're at 3000 3, Crockett Street uh, in West 7th. And uh, there's plenty of options for your friends, family, and, and uh, we'd uh, love to have you guys out. That interview was brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. Located on Camp Bowie Boulevard, the Culinary School of Fort Worth is helping future chefs pursue their dreams every single day. You can reach out to them for more information or to schedule a tour on their website at csftw.edu. That's csftw.edu. Or you can reach them by phone at 817-737-8427. Also, you can check them out on social media and see what's going on daily at the school at Culinary School of Fort Worth on Facebook and Culinary School FTW on Instagram.